0: Well, Diet Research of America says that according to the medical research, the Japanese eat very little fat and they have fewer heart attacks than British or Americans. The French eat a lot of fat and they have fewer heart attacks than British or Americans. Japanese drink very little red wine and have fewer heart attacks than British or Americans. Italians drink excessive amounts of red wine and they have fewer heart attacks than British or Americans. So, according to the research, uh, the conclusion is that you can eat and drink whatever you want. It's speaking English that will kill you. <laughs> you know, I don't understand some of that. but Tonight we're going to begin a series on the heart. The Word of God has so much to say about our hearts. This, the word heart is found in the Scripture... 836 times now just to give that a little perspective the word love is found 387 times the word faith is found 281 times so the word heart is found more times in the scripture than all the verses that mention love or faith together isn't that amazing we need to realize how important our hearts really are see it is one of the major themes of scripture you know what our hearts are so important to the Lord. The Word of God says we're to love Him with all our heart. We're to serve Him with all our heart. We're to obey Him with all our heart. We're to seek Him with all our heart. It's in the heart, not the head. It's with the heart that we believe. That's right. see, that's how we believe. Jesus said Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Your heart is so important. You want to see God? I will tell you, you need a pure heart to see God. We're supposed to have a singleness of heart, not a divided heart. We're supposed to sing and make music in our heart, in our heart to the Lord. I mean, I think it ought to be coming out of our mouth too, but it's got to start in the heart. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Greek word for heart is kardias, obviously where we get our word cardiac. And it literally refers to the physical heart. But figuratively, it refers to man's entire mental and moral activity, both rational and also the emotional side. It refers to our thought life, our feelings, our desires, and our choices, our will. All of that takes place in the heart. Now, we all know how important our heart is to our physical body. You're not going to last long without the heart. In fact, that's when they declare you deceased is when the heart stops. But you need to understand this, that our heart is so vital to our spiritual life. And we need to realize this tonight. We need to hear the word of the Lord tonight because I tell you, it can be life-changing for us if we really understand this and get a hold of this. But the Bible makes it so simple, so clear that the heart, has everything to do with your spiritual life. Now, when you talk about man being spirit, soul, and body, you know, the the scripture then refers to the heart as something on the inside, that inner man. But you need to understand, it's not talking about your spirit. And I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you tonight, and I want you to see that. And I also want you to see just how, again, how important this is. I want you to remember this. Your spirit is born of God. There is nothing evil. There is nothing impure in your spirit. Your spirit doesn't need any transformation. It doesn't need to get saved. It doesn't need to be worked on. Your spirit is born of God. It is, as 1 John says, his seed remains in you. You've been born of God if you're born again. And so I just want you to understand that your spirit is born of God and it doesn't need to get saved. And there's no evil in your spirit. Matthew five nineteen, Jesus said, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies, Anybody want to agree none of that came from the spirit that's inside of you? The spirit that's been born of God? None of that came from the spirit born born of God inside of you? Our thoughts, words, actions? You see, Jesus makes it clear. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, all of that originated out of our heart. When Jesus healed the paralytic man in Matthew chapter 9, listen to what he says to the religious people. Matthew 9, verses 4 and 5. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise and walk. Jesus says they were thinking evil in their hearts. Once again, I'm going to say it one last time. Your heart is not your spirit. It's not the same thing. They were thinking evil in their hearts. You see, their thoughts... That, that was something to do with their heart there. When they feel something, your desires, your motives, your intents, that originates from the heart. And the heart is even the seat of the will where we decide. you got a decider inside of you where you make decisions. It's called the heart. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart so is he thinks in his heart Hebrews 4.12 tells us the word of God is living and powerful sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart you see the word of God Well, before I get there I'm just going to toss this in somebody needs to see this you need to get this clear in in the way that you think about the word of god and the way that you think about your own self as body soul and spirit he says very plainly that the word of god divides between soul and spirit see a lot of people are confused about that too your soul is not the same thing as your spirit your soul is your mind will and emotions you see, that's very closely connected with your heart. But then he goes on and he says that the word, the word of God will discern, it will judge the thoughts and the intents of your heart. It will reveal the motives of your heart. Thoughts, attitudes, motives, feelings, desires, all of that is a part of the heart. Where our feelings come from. The Apostle Paul shares how he feels about the lost. In Romans 9:2, he says, I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, talking about the lost. The heart is where our attitudes, our desires come from. Listen to this from Matthew 5:28. I say to you, Jesus speaking, I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Where'd that happen? In the heart. Those desires. He says, who looks upon a woman to lust for her, he's committed adultery with her in his heart. See, now, man looks on the outside. God looks on the heart. I hear a lot of people say, oh, we should just look at the heart because that's what God does. Well, you know, that'd be great, but we don't really have that kind of vision. Just saying, and I'm not saying God can't reveal things to you. He certainly can by the Holy Spirit. But I'm just saying people still see the outside, but God sees the heart. And you see, he is always interested in our hearts. When Jesus walked this earth, and you see this so clearly in his teaching like in the Sermon on the Mount, where again and again and again, he didn't, he didn't just deal with our actions that we obey on the outside, but he, his teaching was all about dealing with our motives and why we do what we do. You see, he, he talks about prayer. He says, you don't pray to be seen. You go into, the cl- go into your closet and you pray and your father who sees in secret will reward you. You don't give so others can know. i tell you, I've been in some of those services. It, makes, it turns my stomach. I wonder how it makes God feel. No, we don't even let our right hand know what our left hand's doing. That's the way our giving is supposed to be. And our father sees in secret, he rewards. But you see, again and again, Jesus says, Not supposed to commit adultery, but I say to you, if you look upon a woman to lust for, it's not enough just to not kill somebody. If you hate your brother, you're in danger of judgment. I'm just saying, you see, this Jesus was all about the heart. Still is. Still is. It's not enough that we just, you know, go through the motions or that we look good on the outside. It's what's in our heart matters to Jesus. It's in the heart that we make decisions, that we purpose to do things. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. In NIV it says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart, where did, where did he decide? In his heart. That's where decisions are made. It's in the heart we choose to believe or not to believe. There's this false teaching that, you know, God just zaps some people with faith and other people are condemned to hell. That's not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is things like Romans 10 10, with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Where's one believe in the heart? See, even the decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's a decision you make in the heart. Believing in your heart, well, that's the key to answered prayer. If we don't believe in our heart, what we're praying, we're just we're just throwing out words, we're just talking. That's just a religious ritual. Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty three, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The heart is where fears and doubts come from. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Are y'all starting to see how many times this stuff is in here? It's just all through the scripture. And no, I'm not going to give you all 800 and something verses tonight. All right? Just 400. No, I'm not. I'm not. But I want you to see this. I want you to see how powerful this, how important this is. You see, your heart determines the outflow of your life, all the activities of our life, whether good or bad, it's all flowing out of our heart. Luke 6, 45, Jesus says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Wow. Over and over and over What's in your heart, whether good or bad, it's going to determine the outflow of your life. If you don't like the fruit that you've been getting in your life, you need to deal with the root. And that's in the heart. So we got to take care of our hearts. Every service we pray that our hearts would be ready to receive the word. I don't ever take that for granted. And I realize that a lot of people maybe don't need to pray that. They're always ready. But I can assure you in every service, there are some people that need to get their heart ready to receive the word. And how easily it is for any of us to slip into the mode where we're just not really ready to hear the word and allow it to accomplish what God sent it to do in our, in our life that day. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In the NIV, it's above all else. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. See, as your heart goes, so goes your life. This word of God has life-changing power in it. It can transform your life. Hebrews 4.12, it declares itself to be alive and powerful. Life-changing power. And you know, when you talk about something changing your life, transform your life, almost sounds like some kind of a commercial, some kind of advertisement and, you know, the world we live in today, there's so much hype. You know, take this pill. It'll change your life. Oh, if you will get involved in this thing, it'll change your life. Well, listen, this isn't hype. This doesn't need any hype. Let me tell you, this really will transform your life. It has the power of God in it to change you, to transform you. But we can go to church. We can listen to preaching and teaching. We can pray and read the word of God. And yet, if we have a heart problem, it's not going to accomplish what it's supposed to in our life. We've got to guard our heart. We need to be careful about our hearts that we don't allow them to get hard in any way. But we're always open and receptive to what God wants to do. Now, Jesus tells a parable about four different types of hearts. A lot of people call it the parable of the sower, but he's really talking about hearts and you see that clearly in the parable. But the first three types of hearts resulted in unproductive lives. In other words, the word of God did not have free course to accomplish in them what was intended. They didn't see a great harvest. They didn't see fruitfulness in their life. They didn't see the results that God wanted to bring in their life because their hearts were not right the fourth was a heart that saw that harvest and really fulfilled what God had for them but I want to read through the parable uh, and it's Luke chapter 8 we're going to read verses 4 through 8 and then we'll pick up in verse 11 but I want to I want you to hear this now Listen, the Word of God can bring such tremendous results in your life if your heart is good. Verse 4, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path it was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Then we'll go to verse 11 there. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And we're going to go back to verses 11 and 12. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, the first thing he tells us is that the seed is the word of God. See, if we receive that seed, it has the power in it to change us, to transform us. It has the power in it to bring a great harvest In our life. Now, you know, when he says saved, I want to remind you what saved means because I remember, you know, when I didn't really know the Lord and people talked about being saved, I was like, saved from what? Saved from the sinful human condition, saved from your sins, saved from sickness and disease. Saved means to be healed, to be delivered. Saved means to be made whole. And I want you to know that the Word of God can do all of that in your life. It has the power to set you free, to transform you. It has the power to change your finances. Yes, it does. It has the power to change your family. It has the power to change your circumstances. It has the power to change you most of all, right? Some people, as I said earlier, they don't really like the harvest, that they're reaping. Well, the harvest has everything to do with your heart. What seed is getting down in your heart? The word of God is the key to blessings. It's the key to that abundant life. It has the power to make us whole. It has the power to help us live all that God wants us to live. Listen, the first type of heart is the hard heart because the seed of the word never even gets in. It doesn't even penetrate. The evil one comes and snatches it away before it even gets into the heart at all. Those that hear the word, but the soil of their heart is like a beaten path, not receptive, and they don't accept it into their hearts whether it's because of unbelief or because their hearts have been hardened by sin, or maybe it's even because of hurts and disappointments, but something has hardened their heart. You know, most of us who are born again, that means that we've got at least some area of our life where we've heard the word and received it. But also, most of us still have some areas where we're not really walking in victory. Where we're not really overcoming like we should, or maybe we just we still need a breakthrough in some area. And I want I want you to understand, and I want you, I want to challenge you to get this tonight. That you see, in those areas, the word of God speaks. There's a victory for us. There's a word that can set you free. There's a word that can bring that breakthrough. But we need to be open and receptive to the word in that area. Because what happens so often is though we might be receptive to this word you know, this teaching from the Word of God, then there's this Word, and we're like, oh, now, wait a minute, I don't believe that. I don't know about that. See, when the Word is not readily accepted, what happens? The evil one comes and snatches it away like little birds picking up seed off a path. Whenever there's a resistance to the Word... It gives the enemy the opportunity to snatch it away. Now, I want you to understand me tonight. We should never be gullible and just believe every wind of doctrine that we hear, and especially not in the time in which we live because there is so much baloney. All kinds of new doctrine. You need to stick with the word. And it's not just a verse or a phrase pulled from here and there. You see, we need to be wise that we stick with the word of God and not just a bunch of illustration. And, and Please don't misunderstand me. See, this old preacher boy, I'm weak on illustration, and I know it. But I also want to tell you that illustration, a lot of times, people can take something that's just half-truth, and they'll attach a couple of of illustrations to it, and people will swallow it hook, line, and sinker. you got to keep your eyes on the Word of God. So I'm not talking about being gullible and just believing everything that comes along, but I'm telling you, when it comes from this book, when it really is the Word of God, you need to be careful to receive it, even if you don't like it, even if it rubs you the wrong way even if it's not what you've always thought or what you were taught, if it is straight from the book, you need to hear it as the word of God and let your heart be open to it. Don't allow the enemy to come and snatch away what God had for you. Always be ready to receive. See, a lot of people, they, they have preconceived ideas and opinions and they just refuse to hear the word. One of the things that will harden your heart so quick is pride it'll keep you from being able to receive anything James one twenty one tells us receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls in the NIV it's this way humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you so we got to be ready with meekness with humility to hear the word that we don't know everything There's something we can learn in this service today, tonight, right? We need to have that hunger, a desire that we're ready to to learn something. We're ready to to grow. We're, We're ready for victory in some area of our life, but always open and receptive to the Word of God. That religious pride is probably the worst kind You know, sometimes it's religion and the teachings of men that uh, bring unbelief and harden people's hearts. And, you know, it, it keeps them from hearing what the word says. You know, they say things like, well, I don't believe that. That's not what I've been taught. Listen, if you've been taught something that's not scriptural, it ain't worth hanging on to. And it doesn't matter who taught it to you. You need to hear the word of God, and don't allow some religious pride keep you bound up by you're hanging on to the past of something that, you're, you know, a lot of times in, in the time we live in, people just kind of make up their own version of everything. They got their own version of who God is, and they got their own version of religion. You know, they're just kind of floating through life, making up their own version on everything. Well, there's only one version that's any good. And that's, that's this book. you got to stick with the Word. And when the Word is being taught preached or you're reading it, you got to allow it in, even if it's not what you've always thought or what you were taught. See, many hearts are unreceptive to the Word because of the traditions of men and the teachings of men. The reason there's so much unbelief in America, in our culture, it is not because of a secular culture. That's not it. No, it is the same as it was in Jesus' day. It is because of a religious culture. Listen, the gospel is preached many times in parts of the world where they've never heard the gospel, and all kinds of healings and miracles take place. And and I understand, I hear this, you know, I, I get it, but it is not just because God is showing off there. No, Jesus said it over and over and over when people were healed. He said, be it unto you according to your faith. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He said these kinds of things all the time. It was because they believed. In Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, the Bible says he could do no mighty work there because of the unbelief of the people. You know, I'm telling you that what undermines people's faith more than a secular culture is religious teaching, being taught that God doesn't do that anymore. That's not really for you. And it hardens people's hearts to be able to receive. You see, here's, here's what I know, that when, when the word of God is preached, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And when you preach about healing when, and people hear that, there is an opportunity for faith to come in their heart. But if they just resist that, guess what happens? They're not getting nothing. It's the same with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You talk about the scriptures that speak of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You talk about Jesus saying, we ask for the Holy Spirit. Our Father will give us the Holy Spirit. They say, oh, now, wait a minute, you know, that's not... And those people miss what God had for them because their heart is hard towards that. They resisted it. The enemy just comes along and snatches it away. They hear what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And they say, that preacher just wants my money. This wall goes up. Anytime a preacher starts talking about money, the wall goes up. I guess the wall would have gone up a whole lot with Jesus because Jesus talked about money a lot. And they don't receive And they miss more blessed. (laughs) It's great when you get blessed financially. You know what's a greater blessing? Being able to give. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's a heart issue. Some hear the word of God about giving God praise, what the scripture says about how we do that, what that should be like. And they say, well, I don't think that's necessary. Their heart is hard to it. And some, it's, again, it's a religious thing. Well, you know, I grew up in this, we don't do that. And their heart is hard to it. And they don't receive. And they don't know the joy of really entering in to praise and worship like that. And they're bound up in that area. And instead of enjoying that, enjoying the presence of the Lord and and what God is doing in that time in the service, they're judging other people, being critical of other people. Look at that. Who's that sound like? The Pharisees, that's exactly what they did. Stop these people. Tell tell these kids to be quiet. Jesus said, the stones will cry out if they don't praise me. Now, some of you should have been amening through some of that because I know some of y'all like to praise the Lord. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of people. And listen, I'm not condemning anybody. I want you to understand my heart. I want you to get free. I want you to open your heart and be able to receive what God has for you in every part of your life, in every part of the Word of God. It's with the heart we choose to believe. And I want to say this, listen. You're not condemned to be a doubter you always have a choice to humbly receive the word of God. You can saturate yourself with the word of God until faith comes. Unbelief is a common symptom of a hard heart. Here it is in Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. I'm going to use the NIV again here. It just reads a little simpler and clearer. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Who's he talking to here? A bunch of heathen that don't know God? No. He says, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's amazing how unbelief can block you from receiving anything from God. Sometimes people have been in church a long, long time and, you know, they get to the place where the word just doesn't really have an impact on them anymore. They hear it, but they don't really hear it. Again, it's like Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth. they, They were familiar with him. And because of that familiarity, they're like, we know this guy. We know his family. And unbelief got in. And you see, sometimes when we become so familiar with things that we, like I said tonight when I walked up here, I said, do you still need him? I need him. I need him as much as the worst drug addict. I need him. I desperately need him every day in my life. You see, we, we got to keep it fresh. We can't allow ourselves to get hard hearted where we're no longer moved and stirred by the Word of God. You know, God, just, He wants to move and work in our lives, but a lot of the time when our hearts have become hardened, you see, and, and He speaks, we don't hear. In verse 15 of that same passage, he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, we need to be where we can really hear from the Lord and receive from him. Sometimes people don't receive just because they don't like the vessel. See, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I know it. It's, listen, it amazes me God, that God uses me. Some of you want to say Amen. That's really sweet of you that you didn't. It amazes me though. Listen, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'll tell you, I'll I'll just I'll just be real candid with you. Sometimes I have a hard time receiving from certain people. Sometimes it's personality. Sometimes it's because, you know, they said something wacko at another time, and so I lose respect for them. But you know what? That doesn't mean that what they're saying now that's from the word is not something I shouldn't be receiving. I'm just telling you that we need to be careful that you see a lot of times we got these little uh, carnal attitudes and it's, we don't receive just because we didn't like the speaker or we didn't like the way they said it. And so I'm not hearing that. Another issue from Hebrews 3, We want to read it again. He says, see to it, brothers, that, you're, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin will harden your heart. You see, there's this deceitfulness of sin. A lot of times it starts with a little thing and it leads to another and another, and another, and another, and the heart is getting hard where it won't hear anymore. You see, sometimes we've known people that were on fire for God, really serving the Lord, and somehow or another, they just started drifting away. You know, there were some things going on in their life. It started off as not that big a deal, but before long, they're not even interested in going to church or being a part of what God is doing anymore. They're not the least bit interested with hanging out with a bunch of wacky believers, right? Y'all know what I'm saying? And, and got, somehow they've gotten so far away from the Lord, it's that deceitfulness of sin that can cause you to get hard-hearted. You know, we all know the tragic story of King David God chose him to be king because of his heart. He said, there is a man after my own heart. That's why he chose him. But somewhere along the way, something got in to David's heart. He had a heart problem. He was no longer that man after God's own heart. And we know the story that he slept with another man's wife. And as the deceitfulness of sin so often does, then to cover up his sin, he went even further and had her husband killed. The deceitfulness of sin. And how tragic for this great man of God. But when the prophet confronted him, he repented. And you see, even to the very worst of the worst, when the Holy Spirit deals with you, you see, we can turn to the Lord in repentance and he forgives and he restores. And when when the prophet confronted him, this is part of the, his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51 in verse 10 he says, "Create in me a clean, a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me." And then in verse 17, he says, "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The deceitfulness of sin. That's when you keep thinking it's okay, it won't matter, if it's not wrong, choose to hear, choose to receive the word of God. Another cause of the hard heart can be just the wear and tear of life. Hurts, disappointments, you know, the beaten path. It's just worn to where that seed can't get in. And so, you see, all of us, no matter how good of a Christian we might be, we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to get worn down in in our heart where, where we're no longer really receptive. but Always ready for what God is speaking to us, what God wants to do in our life. You know, sometimes people with a hard heart, they don't recognize they have a hard heart because they still feel the pain and they say, Oh, my heart's not hard. I I, I still feel pain. They think their heart is soft because they hurt. But it's not true. Because they're no longer receptive to the word. They're afraid sometimes to believe and to trust. They're afraid to obey God and get close to people or get involved in the work of the Lord. Some people don't even want to go to church anymore. This is a common story. In fact, people don't even want to go to church. Why? I got hurt. Somebody said something to me. A lot of the time, by the way, the person that did the talking, who cares what that person thought? But I thank God for a church of sweet people. But we don't have that kind of mean spirited stuff going on here. But I remember when I was 19 years old, wanting to be in full time ministry, and I got my heart broke. I cried like a baby, kept my heart soft. Two years later, I was in full-time ministry. And I'm just telling you that, you see, we got to stay there. We got to stay in that place where we are open to whatever God speaks to us. We don't allow hurts to, to cause us to be bitter and cause us to miss what God wanted to do in our life. I'll tell you, our Father, He wants to bless us. He wants the very best for us. But you can't allow bitterness to harden your heart and keep you from receiving from the Lord. Hebrews 12, 15 in the NIV says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It'll cause you to miss the grace that God wants to show you. Oh, you gotta be willing to forgive. You gotta be willing to trust God with that. One last verse tonight, Psalm 147 and verse 3 he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. I want to tell you if your heart has been broken, if you've been hurt, the Lord is able to bind up your wounds. He is able to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus said He came to heal the brokenhearted. And I want you to know tonight listen, if that's you, you don't let the enemy get victory you make up your mind you're going to go to jesus and let him heal that broken heart if you're one of those you know there's some area of your life where you you've allowed just a little sin a little sin it's time for you to get it right with god your heart is too important you can't allow that in your heart If you're one of those that's got some unbelief, whatever reason, maybe it's just uh, bad things that have happened in your life or maybe it's the way you were taught, whatever it might be, listen, you just need to make up your mind. I choose to believe the Word of God. Make up your mind that you're going to be receptive to the Word and don't allow the enemy to just come along and snatch it away. get in the car you're talking to the kids you say I didn't like that tonight blah 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 you're not just hardening your heart you're hardening your kid's heart I'm going to quit here in just a second but I just want to tell you how to mess up your kid I've told a story a few times about how one night I had a couple of 16-year-old boys came to me. They were crying. They were real involved in the youth group. Came to everything. And they were crying. They said, we don't know why we hate you. I was like, I don't know either. I mean, I I couldn't help them, but I was like, it's all right. It's all right. But I remember that one of them's daddy, back then, they used to post the, the salaries of every staff member in the church foyer boy, that's not a can of worms. And uh, one day his daddy saw what I made as a youth pastor. You know them youth pastors, they make a ton of dough. And um, yeah, they're envious of school, school teacher pay usually. But anyway, he saw what I made and he said, you make that, you're sure not worth it. I was like, man, no wonder your kid's messed up. See, it's so important we keep our hearts. You guard your heart with all diligence. You don't let junk get in your heart. It not only messes with you, it's going to mess up people around you, people that you care about. But I just encourage you tonight, listen, if David can get it right, if he can turn and say, God, create a clean heart in me. If he can start over, so can we. Amen. Well, stand with me. We're going to close our service with prayer.